Where did you get a maid? I hired her from a service, uh, but she's not really even a maid. Oh? She wants to be an actress, or a, a model, or a dancer, or a newswoman. Uh-huh. Newswoman. Yeah, alright, you're fooling around with your maid. That's a wise decision. Do you think I would go willy-nilly into a situation so obviously fraught with potential complications? You are paying a woman to come to your house and sleep with you. No, I pay her to clean. The rest is... What? A health plan? I was going to say being a good host. <laughs> but the point is we have our personal relationship and we have our work relationship. They're separate and, I think, somewhat sophisticated. So you consider this a relationship? Yes, I do. Oh, have you been out? Yes, we have. Where did you go? The store. Hmm, to get what? Stuff. Cleaning supplies? And gum! Oh, well, there's nothing more sophisticated than diddling the maid and then chewing some gum. She's not a maid! She might be a newswoman! October 19th, 2014. Hello, everybody, here we are. Oh, we're on. And you're on your phone. Well, I'm sending myself an email for the things that I can't remember. Uh-huh. Audition for Thing! That's right, we do have some casting calls open right now for Quick Audio and The Pendant Shakespeare. Why don't you stop by and check those out? What is this weird NPR voice? Now it's NPR voice? That That's definitely I NPR swear voice. I used that same voice before and you said that was like my 10pm voice, so I don't, I don't know. I kind of like it. Oh, thank you. No, I don't like it. I'm wrong. <laughs> I'm so wrong. Stop it. Well, Hi! You said you liked it, so... I did. I did say it. I guess Once. I'm going to have to keep... I think you should stop. Okay. Aww. Whatever you say. Mm. Hi, everybody. No. Welcome. Ow. To Twip. What? My leg is really sore from working out. I barely bumped it with <laughs> my know, knee. And I'm like, <laughs> my big leg muscles. You're a weakling. No. Hmm. I'd like to see you on the leg press machine, chicken legs. Yeah. Oh, you'd like to see it all. Right. All aboard the pain train. <laughs> Mandelbaum. Mandelbaum. Okay. Man okay. Okay. A little too much Seinfeld in this show. I somehow. know. We just can't help it. So, you may have noticed that there was nothing yet new to notice on the website. Well... We told them that the new design was coming and probably be up before the next trip. And here we are. And it's not up. Yeah, but that's your fault. Look. <laughs> no, and I'm not saying it as if you haven't been working hard. It's just I you know. grossly underestimate how long it okay. takes to do something. Well, here's the thing. Okay. You know, it's a lot of work to build and design a website. We have a professional designer helping us out. Her name is Helen Kelly. She's great. And they've got a great design on it. But uh, a lot of it involves moving um, like, you know, we have, uh, if you go to a show page now, there's a list of all the episodes and the commentary links and everything. And we have to move all of that over to the new site. And so that means like for every episode, I got to get the, uh, you know, the little preview blurb tells you what it's about and the title and the episode number, the release date. I'm getting bored. And the runtime, and then I got to get the link to the episode, and then I got to get the link to the oh, commentary, man. and I got to put it all over there, and I really do that for every everyone. episode. And you know we got a lot of shows with a lot of episodes, and it takes a lot of time. Oh, and the cover art, I got to get that too. It's just, it's just, you know, it's a lot of work to move it all, but it's getting there. 
Which I'm just saying you should factor that in when you make estimates as to when the website I did. I just thought it wouldn't take as long as it's taken. Well, and we have other things to do, which we are working That's on. That's true. There are many other things going on as yes. well. Yes. Which we cannot tell you about yet. Well, we can tell them some things. No. Yes. So. We finished a screenplay today. Yay. Good job, us. We true, can tell them that. But that's not relevant to Pendant. I know, but it's a thing we did. Hooray! Yay! We're so really anyway, happy. Okay. Uh, yeah, we've been working on that for like three, four months. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But anyway, anyway, uh, moving the episodes and stuff over is over half done. Uh, all the biggest shows are done, like Kingery, Genesis, Avalon, Dixie. You know, um, we got I still got Shakespeare to do, which has a lot of episodes, and um, I'm working on the line right now. Dude, you don't so. have to go into this kind of detail. I'm just talking to the peeps. We're friends. We're chatting. We're gonna try to get it up soon. End. Move on. Well, that's not news. It's news. Well, barely. The news is work continues apace. Apace. Yeah, you can put quotes around that if you want. No. Can we have a t-shirt that says that? Work continues apace. If you'd like to make one, go for it. I, I will have no part like of this. It. Okay, so. <laughs> God. Uh, in November, we will have the uh, Pendy Awards, as we mentioned last time. They will be coming up in Woo, a couple weeks. Pendies! Nominations will open. But right now, nominations are presently open for the Audioverse Awards, which, if you are not familiar with them, are sort of awards for all free audio drama. So we have been nominated in many categories, yes. many people, for many things. So that is very cool. Thank you to everybody who's nominated us. And if there's something you'd like to nominate or you want to check out the list of nominations, you can go to audioverseawards.net and check that out and make sure your favorites are in there. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And the last bit of news is that coming up very soon, probably not till the website's done because, you know, so many things at once, uh, we're going to have another director class. Oh, wow. It's been a while. I have not held one of these in quite some time. So all of you who've been waiting or thinking about it, this is your chance. So, um, so let's go over the rules of the director class. The rules of the director class? Well, yes. Well, I'll, usually I would hold them over Instant Messenger, but that takes a lot of time for the participants and for me. So I'm going to do this over email. I did that with the last one, and it worked a lot better because everyone can respond at their own pace that way, and we don't have to sit around waiting for each other, which is cool. Um, but the only rules are you must be over 18. Uh, no minors may take the director class. And you have to uh, sort of agree... That once you finish the class, you're going to direct for Pendant and help us out on some shows. That's it. That's all. We may have had a few instances in the past where some people would take the class and leave to go direct shows elsewhere before they were even done. Which is kind of not cool. It's kind of rude. It's not really fun. A little bit. So, um, but, but Pendant definitely needs the help. We've got a lot of stuff coming up. We could use some more uh, directors, assistants, lead directors. So, um, And we don't just throw you in the deep end. No, I walk you through no, the whole thing. You go and, through the whole class, and then you would assist right. another director and learn from them. Right, and right. Like that. And uh, yeah. you will need um, an audio editing program of some kind. You can use Audacity, which is free. Uh, I like to use Adobe Audition. Um, people use a variety of other programs like GarageBand and Gold Wave. I think one person used. And that's a whole bunch of things. So if you need suggestions or you want to talk about that, shoot me an email, Jeffrey or at PendantAudio.com. You can also send to the Pendant List. That's true. You can talk on our Yahoo group. Yeah. Groups.yahoo.com slash group slash pendant. Because everybody's got a, an talk opinion to folks. on their software. Let me tell right. you. Right. And you can ask for <laughs> suggestions. And um, yeah, we would love to have you help out. We certainly need the help. And uh, it's a lot of fun. And uh, so it's a cool thing that you should do if you want. And I don't hold them very often anymore. So 
Get in on it while you can. Shoot me an email, again, jeffrey at pendantaudio.com, and say you'd like to sign up. I don't have a deadline for sign-ups yet, but um, I'll figure that out, and I'll post about it to yeah. social media and, and our mailing list. Right, so stuff. you'll see the deadline coming up. But if you're interested, we could use the help. We'd love to have you. Just let me know. From St. Louis, Missouri, we have Jack Hawk on the line. Hello, Jack. Hi there. Hey, how's it going? Good, how about you? Very, very well, thank you. Good. Uh, before we say anything else, I'd like to clarify that I also go by John Clark sometimes because I'm yes. trying to brand myself in a slightly easier to pronounce name that I also find kind of amusing. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> So you don't want to be known in the acting world as the Incredible Hulk? Yeah, it's just, it's got, it's so American Midwest, and it's very hard for anyone else to say. Um, I don't know how my dad grew up in England and lived with that last name. Must have been more difficult. Um, <laughs> but, you know, uh, yeah, and the funny thing behind the name John Clark is I was ordering, uh, I ordered books for my first semester of college a couple years ago. Mm -hmm. And uh, for some reason, I, I guess I was over the phone or maybe someone just wasn't paying any attention. And they put my books under the name John Clark. And it took like a week to get my books because they couldn't figure out where John Kalk's stuff was. <laughs> um, and then yeah. I looked at an email and I noticed it said John Clark. And I was like, oh, so this is my life now. <laughs> it's like the the uh, I have to do a Seinfeld tribute, right? Um, mm -hmm. The uh, Chinese restaurant episode where there's a call for George Costanza and he's calling out Cartwright. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's exactly what it is. See, this stuff exactly happens. That's why didn't I go with John Cartwright? Be That'd be great. Car anyway. John Cartwright would be good. Well, then you have the, all the you know the Bonanza stuff and. Yeah, and George or John Cartwright from Mars, and yeah. Anyway, <laughs> so well, there goes one of my questions. So we Sorry. have other questions, <laughs> and um, seems like you've got answers. So this won't be one-sided and really short. That's good. Um, now we've had a variety of stuff come in, and I spent a little while kind of organizing and. Oh, I'm I'm, I'm kind of. Surprised stuff came in. I'm, I'm glad. Well, you know we're a family at Pendant, so some of these questions might have some backstory you might need to fill in on. Oh, golly. Okay. <laughs> okay. I've been around too long. My first episode was like six years ago now. Oh, gosh. Let's start with... Uh, oh... Let's start with something small. Okay. Um, we recently had a 10-year anniversary short that was posted in TWIP a while back um, where you played Wild Bill for the, the representation of the Shakespeare show. The Oral, I did. The Wild Bill Variety Hour. Wild Bill? Uh, yeah. <laughs> were, there, were there any inspirations for that voice? Um... How cowboy can I get while dying from allergies is the inspiration for the Wild <laughs> Bill voice. Um, yeah, his voice is just so unappealing in so many ways. Um, 
in part because I had gone home and my 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 family had switched the detergent they used to wash their clothes, and so I washed my clothes like, oh, look at me, I'm home from college washing my clothes, and I got back to school and I realized I was allergic to this detergent, and so I had to rewash all my clothes, but I didn't have time to rewash this shirt that I was wearing that day, so I was I spent the whole day like, oh my gosh, just <laughs> wild Bill, wild Bill variety show. Um, it's a little, it's a little deviant of Jeffrey's commercial announcer character from Dixie, I think. Uh Uh, (laughs) Mixed with just, I I don't know, my go-to annoying voices. Well, it seemed like, uh, and that was a, uh, a small little thing where you got to interact with the instructor. Yeah, which was cool, because I've never personally written for the instructor I've written for the tutor before and I've written for the dean but I never got to write for the instructor uh, and that was cool and that of course is the instructor for the seminar wraparounds mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, this seems like an appropriate transition I yeah. guess um, <laughs> see what I did there yeah <laughs> uh, so, so seminar yeah um, seminar one, one submission was a comment, and I will read it word for word. Okay. Um, I miss you in I miss your seminar shorts. That is all. Oh, well, thank you, anonymous person. So going along with that, do you have any scripts for seminar in the works? Uh, yes and no. I mean, yes, I have the rapper scripts that Colin and I, uh, Colin and I, or mainly Colin writes them, and I provide heavy feedback, um, or I used to. I nowadays I'm just kind of involved in writing the story for each season. But um, there's one called "This Is Not Based Off of Shakespeare," um, about a husband and a wife named Anthony and Cleo who are uh, driving in a car and. Everything goes wrong, and it looks like they accidentally like committed vehicular homicide through a series of innocuous incidents. I don't know if it's going anywhere, but I wrote it for a class that I'm taking right now, and I kind of love it, and so I'm going to see where it goes. Okay. And uh, oh, I'm sorry. Uh, go ahead. Oh no. Otherwise, um, since speaking is easy, murder is hard. I've just kind of uh, pulled back on my audio drama writing. That's not tabula rasa in general. Mm-hmm. Um, because I'm just exploring new media, uh, specifically stage. But uh, I should I should get back to seminar. Thank you, anonymous comment saying you missed my shorts. <laughs> um, now I know this is a, a loaded question, um, but I tried to ask all the questions that were submitted. Um, do you have a favorite seminar short? A favorite seminar short, like of all time. Mm-hmm. So let, let, let's split this up, and then you can choose how to, to handle this. Favorite seminar short of all time, and favorite seminar short that you have been involved in. Okay, I, I can deal with that. Um, I'm actually scrolling through the Facebook page right now, <laughs> looking at other names, and like, which one of these was my favorite? Um, I'm very, very partial to Good Discussion by Perry Whittle, which is a throwback to six years ago. Um, that's the one where James Rossi works in an advertising agency and throws together a pitch by taking an, for accounting software by taking 
the ad for a car company and going like, and look at this, we can fix whatever you want and post. And of course, you know, the buyers love it. Uh, I love that one. <laughs> I don't know why I love it so much. I mean, I do. It's, it's just, ah, gosh, I relate to it so hard. It's my life. Um, yeah, I think, I think that's my favorite. I also really like, uh, losing 83 by Chris Britton. Uh, and of course, Times Quartet. Um, oh yeah, none of which I was involved in, and I, I am very partial to all of those. Uh, as far as far as ones that I've been involved in, mm-hmm. you know, it's got to be a small sample by Patrick Lewis, <laughs> <laughs> which isn't. I mean, I have a I have a pendy for the burrower, so I'm sorry, Perry. Uh, but there's something about small sample. Where I think it was Colin was directing at the time. He was like, "Hey, uh, so I liked your audition. Can you play a sentient blob?" <laughs> and of course, I, I do that on a on a completely separate well, show. Yeah, now. we'll talk about that too. <laughs> <laughs> but at the time, I was like, "I don't know. Can I play a sentient blob?" And I just talked into a microphone, and I decided this was how he speaks. He's like Sir Sean Connery. Um, and that's, it's just, it's fun. It's goofy. Um, I can't remember the name of the guy who plays uh, the lead in that, but his voice is just so perfect for this whiny little scientist who gets his pinky sliced off. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, the name's that was kill. a fun short. I think it's a lot of fun, and I think it's one people kind of forget a little bit, which is a shame because, gosh, I love it so much. <laughs> Well, since since you brought up the borrower, mm-hmm. uh, again, th- th- this is a question I'm going to read verbatim. In real life, do you ever find yourself making references to the borrower? <laughs> um, <laughs> like to myself when I'm digging in the back of my car for something, because the back of my car is a war zone. Um, and uh, what is it? Uh, what's the line? Uh, People often get jealous of my exceptional mind. Well, I didn't need them anyway. That <laughs> uh, for some reason, when I feel like someone's just being, a, and I don't, I really don't believe this, but it's funny to me to think like, well, I'm a supervillain. Otherwise, not not too often. I I do think on it fondly, um, and I would love to play that character again. Well, let's see who who was the the writer for that one. Perry Whittle. I've been in a lot of Perry Whittle scripts. Well, we'll have to uh, send Perry a request for a, uh, a sequel. Yeah. Hey, Perry. <laughs> Perry. I'll play him again. I've been, I think, there were there was like a two-year span where I was in every single script that Perry wrote for Seminar. And then it broke in that episode that he wrote two of them. Uh, customer Satisfaction, I think, was the one. I was not in Customer Satisfaction. Mm. Um, but I was in these commercial messages, but from... That was a great short. Mm-hmm. From Hugh Dunnett all the way to these commercial messages, I was in, I think, every Perry script. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, I like it a lot. Okay. Perry, write more, please. <laughs> Definitely. Perry writes good stuff. Mm-hmm. So, let's see. Now we've got you on the hook to write to write some more seminar shorts, because oh, cool. I know. And we need more seminar shorts all the time. So uh, those of you listening, if you have it in you, the, the urge to write, 
send it in. Mm-hmm. Well, write it down, type it up, send it in. Yeah. So let's let's shift gears a little bit and talk about the blob. I mean, um, the kingery. Ah, yes. Since we talked about you playing a blob, mm-hmm. you are playing Kalok. That's right. Um, and who is the fourth character I played on Kingery, and I'm very glad to be <laughs> playing a full, you know, playing a recurring character. Mm-hmm. Um, which is I've. This sounds like a this sounds like a lie, but it's not. I from the time Kalok was introduced, like in season four, I was like, man, I want to see more Kalok. Um, cause he's so cool. Why don't we ever see him? But, um, you know, that, you know, season four kind of cast was still on Tommy's side. He was just a pain in the butt. And then, uh, you know, and there was all that stuff with Betty and then yeah. season five, things went off in a different direction. I, I mean, there, I don't think there was a time when it was appropriate to bring K-Lock on, you know, right. part time. And he was Cassandra's like number one guy. So you really needed a storyline that had Cassandra to really bring to pull Kalok into at that point. Mm-hmm. And the story of Cassandra is definitely a long game. You know, it's a long game and it's still unfolding, mm-hmm. you know, uh, in the show right now. But um, yeah, I always, I always wanted to see more Kalok and I'm glad that he's this season he gets to spread his metaphorical wings, his <laughs> tentacles yeah. or whatever he has. Yes. Now, um, one of the things I thought was interesting it, was this the writing, or was this kind of how you decided to play him? He kind of has that, um, I don't want to say butler vibe, but he, he kind of has that, like, Alfred vibe to him where, from of, of Batman, where he, he speaks in a, you know, very formally, he's doing a little extra stuff to to make things easier for the, the people he works for. Was, was the... You know, the the sirs and the the way he mm-hmm. speaks was that was that you or was that? You, you know, I I tried to play him how the previous actor was playing him a little bit while pulling my you know pulling him in my own direction. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was always I think naturally kind of surly but polite. I I, I believe that English is not his first language. Um, and I don't believe there's like there's like a translator system in the Kingery. Maybe I'm wrong. Uh, you know, it's been seven seasons. I'm allowed to be wrong. But, um, you know, I, I do get the sense that English isn't his first language. So maybe he doesn't know how to distinguish between two and usted. Right. If you'll pardon the metaphor. Um, I, I think this is the only way he knows how to speak, kind of. I, I know he's got a quiet disdain for mammals. Uh, or at least that's that's how I play him. <laughs> Okay. There's just there's something about mammals that just sets him the wrong way, um, but I frankly I think he just wants to yeah you know, I think he misses home quite a lot, um, and I'm sure I would love to see, I don't know if we will get to but I would love to see more of uh, his backstory and and if he's so surly about this whole life he's chosen why, you know why doesn't he leave. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, aside from the fact that he's a criminal, and you know, you don't you don't walk out on a family. <laughs> There's that. Um, but we toss this to the Kingery writing staff. Yeah, I I would love to see requests for more Kalok and Kalok's background. 
Yeah, I like where he's going. I think he's got a fun thing going on uh, with Major. They're paired in a lot of scenes that yes. have come out so far. I've I've liked what I've been hearing so far this season. Mm-hmm. It's been fun. I kind I kind of feel like he's being groomed to be the new bull a little bit. Um, maybe, maybe. Because you know, Major's been the new Jawbone for you know longer, long enough to be, you know, the current Jawbone, the real Jawbone. Mm-hmm. But um, I, I like to think that he's being groomed a little bit to be second in command. Um, but uh, you know, Maddie complicates things a little bit. Yeah. And Commandant Browning, compl- you know, complicates things a little bit. But you know, mm-hmm. I think, um, I think he's he's moving up. He's I mean, he's got Debbie's old job. For one thing, that's a big deal. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, I, I basically, I haven't really talked to the writers about Kalok much. Uh, I just kind of go with my gut, or you know, whatever he has. And uh, you, you, and um, Pete, Tommy, and yeah, Kalok and Tommy had a, a pretty big interaction early in the season. Mm-hmm. Where you know for that kind of thing, so you never know what's going on. Yeah, yeah, and I think I I love when Kaylock and Tommy interact for one thing because I don't think I've ever gotten to act with Pete before, mm. um, which is kind of astounding considering how long we've you know been <laughs> independent him longer than me obviously, but um, I I think it's it's a cool thing, uh, and I think the. <laughs> They both have very similar dispositions in terms of everything is the worst. <laughs> um, and and there's this one thing where uh, where Tommy goes, you know, really starting to like you, Kaylock, and um, and you know, it's it's great yeah. because I think they have more in common than either of them cares to admit. Mm. I think K- I think Tommy's just a more powerful man who has a little more follow through than Kaylock does. Well, there is the whole opposable thumbs thing. Yeah, exactly. Well, I'm looking forward to hearing more of him, from him and and about him and and your performance of him. Oh, thank you. I, I look forward to seeing more from him too. Uh, the rest of the season's kind of a crazy ride, uh, and I think everyone's gonna really like it. I've never been disappointed with the the ride that that is the Kingery each season. So you're probably right. The way things are starting to ramp up, there's nowhere to go but on a roller coaster. So mm-hmm. it should be pretty interesting. I'm going to ignore the elephant in the room and go to one other thing. Um, another question that was submitted. Um, what can you tell us about quick audio that uh, won't make Colin Kelly send... Um, Roe Butler after you, and you're going to have to explain that one. Yeah, I'm sure Colin sent that question in. Um, I'll I, tell I, you after. <laughs> yeah, exactly. A long a long time ago, uh, Colin and I decided that I have control of the spoiler ninjas, so uh, I guess he's sending this supporting character from Quick Audio after me instead. Um, uh. It is... When Colin... Because Colin, I think, was planning on doing this on his own before it came dependent. Um... It's a uh, it's an audio webcomic is is the right way to describe it I think mm-hmm. uh, each episode's like a minute it's quick uh-huh. and um, it's got a, it's it's very witty 
um, I've been I've been fortunate enough to uh, get a get a small uh, audio peek at the uh, at, at some finished product, mm-hmm. and I think it's very cool. Um, the two leads, Anna and Colin, are just awesome, and um, you know uh, I play I play Colin's character's roommate, Adam, who uh, works for a tech firm. Uh, and who happens to own a robot? That's a butler. <laughs> um, and that's all I'm going to say about that. Okay. Um, uh, definitely, it's, it's fun. Piqued my interest. Mm-hmm. It's very lighthearted. Um, mm-hmm. It's very unlike anything Pendant's done before. Uh, even though we've done short form before. It's uh, really short form. It's very short it's form. It's even shorter than Henderson and Habner. Uh, yeah. It's. It's just it. The jokes like they're very quick, they're very fun. Um, towards the end of the first month, I was listening to it and I just, oh gosh, I was cracking up through every second of it because um, some of the, some of the stuff is just it's. I, I don't want to spoil it because you really just have to let it hit you um, with its total out of left field illogical ideas. So when you say webcomic, you're talking about like the daily comics that we used to see in the papers and maybe still do. I haven't read a newspaper in a long time. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, you know, when the Peanuts were, were new, it would be like a single strip, mm-hmm. three or four blocks. Or yeah, exactly. Yeah, those are still around. Um, my favorite is currently, and Allison introduced me to this, uh, it's called Girls with Slingshots by Danielle Corsetto, and it's... Honest, like two thousand strip pretty soon here. It's been going for a few years, mm. but um, yeah, you know, they're, they're, it's it's basically like what you would see in a newspaper, except they have a lot more creative freedom because they're beholden only to themselves. You know, right, right. Um, it's like Bill Watterson's later years, mm. um, not not tonally like Bill Watterson's later years, but like with the, the kind of freedom that Bill Watterson had in his later years is the kind of stuff you can see on some of the really good web comics out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Girls with Slingshots, I think is my favorite, but I also heavily recommend uh, looking for group, which is a uh, fantasy RPG spoof sort of deal that kind of at some point derails and becomes its own fantasy epic with good punchlines. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I, yeah. So it's it aims to match those, I think, and they it's very cool. And will they all congeal together? So if you listen to it as they're released, and then go back and listen to you know a block of them, mm-hmm. do they kind of congeal together? Oh yeah, yeah. It's like listening to I don't know Tabula Rasa. Um, right. They do. I think they do work better as pieces of a whole, but they can certainly be consumed uh, as they come out. Okay. Like a comic in the back of the the newspaper. Yeah, exactly. Like you can you can get the whole like three volume Calvin and Hobbes collected edition, which I love so much. Oh, yeah. one. Uh, or you can you know read the comic, you know, every day in the newspaper for the ones that are still syndicating it. Mm-hmm. All right, you went there. Tabula Rasa. Oh, okay. <laughs> so this is your baby. Yeah, I have been working on this since Easter 2010. It's, uh... 
it's 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 my baby all right yeah uh, we're half we're halfway there now in mm-hmm. terms of episodes yep uh season two episode six will be coming out this week i'm sure a trailer has aired will air in this episode of twip mm-hmm. minutes moments before or after this interview depending on yeah. where Jeffrey puts it. I do not... I think we put one at the end of episode five. I think we had a trailer for that. Um, yes. Yes, there so it was. It's been out in the world, I think, for a few months now. I think it. I think the trailer ended with the how long have you known Yeah, line that's right. Just kind of... That was it. And mm-hmm. It's like, ooh. I, I am really fond of the... When we're going to take a hiatus, I am really fond of the like one-sentence trailers. I don't know. Um, although I don't think this one's one of them, but you know, the end of season one ended with Cal chuckling and go, you know, cause we were fortunate enough to also have Joe be the commercial announcer mm-hmm. or, you know, be the trailer announcer, right. um, and, uh, have him chuckling, which was fun. His is evil. Oh yeah. Isn't he great? Oh, <laughs> oh my gosh. gosh. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe he said yes. I was so glad. Um, because, uh, you know, I've been wanting to hear his voice for a while. I mean, the guy's played Lex Luthor. Like, uh, you know, I think he's pretty great. So, and once I get into a show, I ask the same kind of question. And I, you know, had the same comments about Genesis Avalon when at the the end of season four. But um, why, why does Tabula Rasa have to end with a season three? Uh, you'll see. There's a very <laughs> sorry. I mean, there's a very certain reason it's going to end with season three. Um, <laughs> partially for my own sanity. Um, and I, I'm not, I know I'm not allowed to say that because I know Cat's going to hear this and be like, "Your sanity, your sanity." Yeah. I wrote four. I wrote and directed four seasons of my show. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not I as strong as you are, Cat. <laughs> 30 episodes is my limit. Um, no, but uh, <laughs> I, part, part of it's because I would like to have it wrapped up before I graduate college. Mm-hmm. Um, and part, but part of it's, it's, it's mostly for a story reason. Things are happening in season three that if we were to go into season four, it wouldn't be the same show, I don't think. And that's, that's largely due to Jeffrey's encouragement. Back when I first pitched it, I'm like, hey, here's what I'm thinking kind of long-term. And he's like, you should think a little smaller and try condensing that. And that ended up being around 30 episodes of content. Mm-hmm. Well, there's always the sequel idea. Yeah. The generational jump. <laughs> well, if it's not the same show, then it could be a sequel. <laughs> you know, I could see it. I could see it. Yeah, yeah I'm, not gonna, I'm not gonna go there. <laughs> I keep all i'm saying is if in the future there's a show about adam morris you know who to thank and it's jordan my fault i will take credit for whatever for that <laughs> <laughs> this is something i think i know the answer to but i'm going to ask it anyway okay um are you ever going to act in tabula rasa no uh, come on i have really don't somewhere I really don't want to. Um, Not even like a small little thing. No, it's it's weird enough to me that like my seminar shorts exist as films in the Tabula Rasa universe. Um, <laughs> thanks, Dave. Um, 
I do I do actually appear very briefly in if an episode that's not already out and shortly in an episode um, playing Uncle Jack from Getting What You Want. Um, but uh, yeah, I I just I. When Rondi Moore ended up in, in Battlestar at the, on the, in the last episode in like yeah, the last two minutes. You can do it. Just a small little thing. No, it's it's just it's such a Tarantino thing to do. And I don't know. You're you would be in good company, Tarantino. Um, no, I just Stephen King. I mean, I'm not I'm not going to put in a look at Stan Lee. I mean, look at Stan Lee. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Stan Lee kind of earned it. I don't know if I earned it. Um, <laughs> Stan Lee's been working in the industry for like 50 years. Um, but, um, yeah, I, I don't plan on it. We have enough actors, I think, and I don't plan on introducing any major new characters soon anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact, I believe every character that's returning has appeared in some form before. Okay. Uh, yeah, season three is going to get some cool cameos from season one. Oh, cool. Cause I know that we've had some interviews and, I'm like, well, yeah, I was in an episode or two, and I'd like to do more. So yeah, yeah, we. Uh, I, I would hope. I would hope that happens. There's always. I mean, you know, Ganny Mead's cell always. Um, which uh, I forget the name of the cell. I named it in a future script. I just don't remember what it is. Um, but you know, Uriah's cell uh, that that she ran uh, is always good for flashbacks. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we will be flashing back to it a little bit, mainly with a character that we haven't met before, but who has been referenced and has already been cast. So I don't feel bad saying that it's Baker. But, um, yeah, there will be there will be some more flashbacks. You mentioned on a commentary a while back um, that we might meet or learn more about Clark's wife. Is that still in yeah. the cards? Not really. Um, mainly because I don't think it's relevant. Uh, there was a while where I toyed with trying to do a romance with Liza and Clark. Um, and I had a long talk with Colin about it, like I do with everything. And, um, (laughs) we both decided that there's a lot of weird romantic tension between a lot of characters on the show and on the team. Mm. And I just, I need, I need a man and a woman to be just friends. Um, because either... You know, like Danica's hitting on somebody, or you know, Raphael and Lakeisha have their thing, and um, yeah, I'm still trying to figure out exactly what that is. Yeah, so is <laughs> Raphael. Yeah. Um, but uh, I had a point. I forgot it. Um, oh yeah, I just I don't have a man and a woman who are friends, and uh, I think that's got to be Liza and Clark. Um. So yeah, that that's why I wanted to introduce Jamie. And you know, I wrote Jamie is is we Jamie Clark is Clark's wife. Um, I wrote her into the pilot, and Teresa suggested. I think Teresa and also Panda suggested I cut her because she was kind of superfluous. Mm-hmm. And then I wrote her into uh, Fracture. No, not Fracture. What's the episode before Fracture? Uh, before the second course, and. Um, she didn't fit in there, so I cut her again. And uh, ultimately, I I don't really want to cast her. Um, 
and it would only be to establish that she exists, which we've already established that she exists. Mm. And, uh, yeah, so no, I don't think we're going to see Jamie again. I'm kind of thinking out loud, because I wasn't expecting the question. <laughs> but, no, I don't think we'll see Jamie again, or at all. Okay. And I'm, I'm not going to read this one verbatim, but um, there have been mentions of Allender. And are we going to see Allender? Nope, because it amuses me that we never see Allender. It started out, I was like, yeah, maybe someday we'll introduce Allender, why not? And then Landon Bell, who probably sent in that question, um, (laughs) got it into his head and tweeted at me that Uriah was Allender. Um, That would have been an interesting twist. Well, well, now we can't introduce Allender. We we can't do that. (laughs) Um, So... um, it's not to spite Landon, but it's a little bit of Landon. No, um, <laughs> that's just a bonus. <laughs> no, it, it's no, it's it's just once again, I don't think he's necessarily important um, because every move that he makes is dictated by someone higher. Anyway, he's just the the face that Clark has to put on Allender. But uh, anyway, I, I don't feel bad saying this because it's kind of in the trailer that in episode six, Allender kind of becomes a non-issue. Um. Mm-hmm. In the sense that he gets promoted away and Clark gets promoted to captain of the organized crimes division. Cool. Uh, yeah. In the trailer, he goes, Captain Nathan Clark at your service. Well, Captain Matthew Allender was, you know, the guy in charge before. Uh, but he's Lieutenant Allender now, I think, and he's got his own command uh, somewhere else. So, no. No, we're not going to see Allender. We'll still talk about him sometimes. I've, I've written at least two more references to him into the show, but we will never meet Allender either. Okay. Anything about um, Tabula Rasa you want to add? Uh, I want to shout out to uh, Catherine Pride again. Uh, because, gosh, Kat, thank you so much uh, for all your good sportedness playing Uriah for 15 episodes. I think straight. I think all 15 episodes she was in. And she was totally cool with being, you know, wrongly credited. Well, that definitely uh, worked out well. That was a, a, a really good reveal. I'm glad. Uh, if I were to go back and do it again, I don't think that it would have been Jesse Cesare who was Uriah. But uh, Kat did a great job. Uh, and I, I loved working with her. And I've I've written... What's, what's nice is that Uriah's files are still around in our helpful exposition. So uh, we'll be hearing Uriah a couple more times. Okay. Um, not alive. Uriah's gone. Uriah's dead. But we'll be hearing her voice a couple more times. Very good. Do you have any secret projects in the works for Pendant? Uh, not, <laughs> that's the question. Uh, not for Pendant right now. Um, I've... I have like a, a small piece of paper that I've written like a couple things on, like, oh, would this work? Um, but nothing concrete. I've, I've talked to Jeffrey a little bit. There was a time when I tried to do an ill-advised relaunch of the Kingery that we could do professionally, but that wouldn't make sense. Um, although I, I do kind of keep, I, I keep what I wrote around because I think it was really cool. I thought I did a cool um, reboot of the idea, but... Uh, now I'm part of the problem in the entertainment industry, aren't I? <laughs> and uh, but otherwise, not really. I'm um, for this playwriting class I'm taking right now. Um, 
I'm trying to write a uh, a full length play, which I've never done before. Uh, t- I mean, Tabula Ross is long, but each episode's like I only write like 25 pages a month max. Um, but this one's 100 pages in the whole semester. I've already turned in the first 30, 35 pages. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a doozy. Um, it's very tonally different from Tabula Rasa. There's nothing supernatural or abstract about it. It's just three people go to a hotel pool and hash out their problems. Mm. But, uh, yeah, I don't know if that's going anywhere. Otherwise, uh, I'm, I'm pretty uh, pretty wrapped up in... Uh, in the, in the the live theater stuff in my offline life do you want to talk about your theater work sure i can talk briefly about it um i recently uh got to act in my first professional play which was really cool it was a world premiere called the human terrain uh which has another production later this year on the east coast somewhere south carolina maybe connecticut those are very different states yes but, um, <laughs> yes they are I don't know. It's called The Human Terrain by Jennifer Blackburn. Um, and I played this very rude, awful man named Harrison who, uh, he's a soldier and he beats up children twice in the play. And uh, it's just an all-around awful guy and the kind of guy you don't want to be uh, representing America in a foreign country, but he totally is. And uh, I also got to do a passion project of mine at the St. Louis Fringe Festival. Uh, here in St. Louis for its third year, um, with Allison actually. Allison was in it, cool. but uh, that's what I call it. It was a live documentary, was how we tried to sell it, <laughs> and uh, it was five actors sitting in chairs, um, being like talking heads for a documentary, narrating the uh, life of this girl named Olivia who uh, committed suicide shortly before the play started, uh, which was a lot of fun. Once again, I played a really horrible human being. Um, her ex-boyfriend, who was not a good person, mm. um, say, he makes Jawbone look like a you know a puppy adopter in comparison. <laughs> nice, but uh, <laughs> and he's only like nineteen is the worst part. Oh, but so he's, uh, only going, he's only going to go downhill from there. Well, the thing with it is like he kind of gets redeemed a little bit, as redeemed as you can redeem a guy who is pretty much directly responsible for someone's suicide but you know mm-hmm. he does get a little redeemed um maybe he won't live the rest of his life being so terrible i don't know it's not up to me i guess it kind of is i wrote i wrote the thing but <laughs> you know um but that was that was cool and uh otherwise i'm currently sound designing a u.s premiere of a play called chancers by robert massey which was uh pretty successful in Ireland and is now getting a U.S. premiere, mm. which is about a, a down-on-his-luck grocery store clerk trying to steal a winning lottery ticket from a horrible old woman who already has everything she needs. <laughs> uh, and that's fun. I get to do. I get to play with a, a mix of Irish and punk music, and it's a lot of fun. Interesting. And, uh, yeah, and then I'm acting in a play called She Kills Monsters right now at my university. Uh, without with Allison again because you know apparently I can't move my right foot without Allison moving her right foot. Um, <laughs> we I am playing. It's it's called She Kills Monsters. It's about uh, this girl dies and leaves a Dungeons and Dragons module for her sister, 
and her sister goes to this who's her, who's like a 25 year old English teacher who you know is not on board with this goes to one of her students who's this 17 year old like annoying socially horrible thinks he's a gangsta Jay-Z word um, guy who runs a D&D store in 95 and he's like 17 and he's just kind of the worst but I play him um, <laughs> he's actually very very similar to Olaf from Frozen in his relentless like positivity about everything even though he's kind of terrible he's so positive about it uh, <laughs> it's an interesting combination mm-hmm. and Allison plays this very cool character who uh, is a demon queen and the daughter of Satan in, in the game but in the real world she's just this quiet closeted girl uh, who's been dating a member of the football team for like a year uh, but it's it's cool. It's a very cool show. It's it's written to take place in 1995. So like, they play Beck and the Imperial March and Mama say knock you out, and you know break dance and reference Quantum Leap because Quantum Leap was cool. Right. Uh, <laughs> for reference, half the cast was not born when this play takes place. <laughs> um. Yeah. Oh, that's weird. I was kidding, but that's actually the truth. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's it's a fun play, even though it, it's uh, it's a little weird and it's got a lot of heart to it, actually. Um, so if you're in St. Louis and you like seeing live theater, uh, go see Chancers by Robert Massey and She Kills Monsters by Kai or Key Nugian or Nugent. I can never pronounce that guy's name. I don't know, but it's going on around here. Go support local theater because you know we need it. All right. If you're local to St. Louis. Where it's within driving distance. Yeah, I've had Mark Zaracor come see a show before. That was cool. He's there too. Yeah, Mark Zaracor's out here, mm-hmm. relatively speaking. He's in the metropolitan area. Mm. Awesome. Um, any other stuff you want to put out there uh, that you're working on or shout not outs? Real. I guess that's it. Hi, Mom. <laughs> my mom's not going to listen to this but um, <laughs> no I think that's it uh, go audition for Pendant Shakespeare and Quick Audio I guess the Quick Audio casting call will be over by the time this goes up oh no it won't yeah, yeah go audition it, for Quick there's, Audio there's one out there right now um, and it, I'm thinking it will still be there I believe the audition deadline for Quick Audio is the 22nd that's from yeah, so memory by the time the next Tabula Rasa episode airs you should have already auditioned for Quick Audio, and that can be your reward. There you go. There you go. And can people find you online? Yes, I am on Facebook. I'm a little weird about being on Facebook with you know people I don't really know. So, but uh, on I don't know. If you're an audio drama person, and I see that you're with other audio drama people, I'm sure I'll be fine with it. Otherwise, I'm on Twitter as at JTC. J-A-Y-T-E-E-S-E-E because I'm annoying. Uh, also, you can check out my website if you're so inclined. Uh, John Clark Theater. That's T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot com. And folks can find me on Twitter at JG underscore QA and on Facebook uh, www.facebook.com slash j-o-r-d-a-n dot g-o-t-t-l-i-e-b dot five zero three six I never did get around to changing that 
Jack, John, thank you. <laughs> oh, yeah, that reminds me. I was going to say something about this before the interview was, well, while the interview was going on, and I guess it still is. Um, it still is. Even though I'm credited as John Clark, I'm not trying to hide the fact that I'm the same person. So directors, I'm just kind of saying this to Dave in particular because I think he's concerned about saying my real name in the kingery. You can still call me Jack. It's it's fine. I, I'm just trying to do a little branding. Awesome. Thank you so much for doing this. Thank you for having me. Um, it, it definitely is always fun chatting, and I appreciate you taking the time. Oh, thank you very much. And we will send this back to Jeffrey and Susan. And next TWIP, next TWIP interview for TWIP 50, we will be interviewing Jeffrey and Susan together. So tune in for that. Oof. Jeffrey and Susan. Yes. I don't know, man. I don't know. It's over. It's over. It's over. Just the interview. It's over. Coming out Wednesday, October 22nd, Season 2, Episode 6 of Tabula Rasa. New entry, August 23rd. Next time on Tabula Rasa, time has passed and things are starting to return to normal. Good to have Liza back at work. Personally, I think she's glad to be back as well. Or at least some semblance of normal. Captain Nathan Clark at your service. Meaning in the daytime, you must be getting desperate. But danger is never far away. It's all he does nowadays, shoot things and stab things and karate chop things. I prefer less violent methods of relaxation. Maybe I wanted to say goodbye properly this time. The rebuilding begins in Season 2, Episode 6 of Tabula Rasa, only at PendantAudio.com. How long do you know? Coming out Wednesday, October 29th, episode 59 of Seminar. Next time on Seminar. Well, well, good evening, viewers. Uh, yes, I, of course, am Richard O'Malley. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, welcome. A starte to the show. Yes, <laughs> thank you. Thank you, Richard, for having me on the show. Uh, so what do you mean when you say you want to heal the world a little at a time? I looked around at what I was doing, and I had to admit to myself, I was pretty much entertaining a childhood fantasy, being a superhero, when my powers really encompass a lot more than that. You hate me. Right. Hate's a strong word. Come on. I know what she she's gonna use her eye beams. Dick, Dick, are you okay? And then Alright everyone, please take a moment to settle into your characters while we see through the technical details. I do realize it's only radio, Mr. Hargraves. But couldn't you have found something slightly more authentic for my costume? That costume is nothing if not Shakespearean. Hargraves didn't provide me with any. It would be nice if the audience could see us in the roles. It would make us a little more human, don't you think? But, Sarah, you're not human. And back in the classroom. Hey, Four, are you okay? I heard the professor gave you a hard time while I was gone. I'm fine, really. I just need to take a break. Today's class is a little low-key compared to our previous classes. Professor, I have a question. Are we humans? Your class is in open rebellion. They have a right to know the truth, as do I. Find out what happens when Seminar, Episode 59, comes out on October 29th, 2014. Only at PendantAudio.com. La la la, the show is almost done. Yay!
Hey, welcome to the end of the show where we say goodbye. Okay. You want to do it that way? What, I should say goodbye? No, just bye. From the end of and the show? Like, bye. But like that. That's rude. And then run out and slam a door. I don't like to be rude. I really like running out and slamming doors. <laughs> well, one of us is a jerk and one isn't. I'm running out of power, so we got to finish this. Okay. Okay, so be sure to stop by the website at pendantaudio.com, the Yahoo group at groups.yahoo.com slash group slash pendant, the Facebook page at facebook.com slash pendantaudio, the Twitter feed at twitter.com slash pendantweb, and the Tumblr at pendantaudio.tumblr.com. Ah, I'm so freaked out. I'm saying everything wrong. I'm going to run out of power. Ah, we'll see you back here in two weeks. Ah. This is Susan Bridges. And Jeffrey Bridges. Thanks for listening. Oh my god, that's total crap. The thing came up and it said I had 6% power, and then three seconds later it shut off and I had to go get the power cord just to come back and record a whisper thing. It's crap. Crap. It's total crap, and they're like, please find a power source. Not, oh my god, you need to plug it right out. Oh my yeah, god. It's all like, you better find one or it's gonna bloop. <laughs> <laughs> Jeffrey and Susan. I don't know, man. I don't know. Well, one of us is a jerk and one isn't. My big leg muscles.